You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 114. And today I'm joined by Peyton Carroll. Hello, mister. How are you? Good, good. I'm excited. Why are you excited? It's almost that time. It's you feel a cold breeze time. in the air? You know, you, know, you know it's coming when you go to Walmart and you see little Debbies and you're just like, well, he's surviving off those for two months. That's what they're called, right? Little little Debbies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, it's, it's bad. I think I... I think I usually put on minimum double digit pounds during hunting season, at least 10, at least 10, which is stupid because the, you, you move so much and your activity so high, but you just go to the gas station and you're like, give me four bags of whatever you have. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'll take, uh, I'll take three snacks. I'll take two Red Bulls, two bangs and a code two, red. Two large butterfingers, crispitos, <laughs> a burrito, chicken. Yeah. yeah. It's That's how bad. it works. You know what though? It's worth it. It's worth. You can always lose lose weight. You can't always have fun. That's right. That's how. That's, I, that's right. how I see it. You'd rather be fat and happy, anyways. <laughs> then I then I have that mile walk to the stand. I'm like, why? Why am I so out of shape? Why is this so hard? And why then, do I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. Then I go to the gas station. I'm like, ah, oh, this is why. Well, today we're going to be talking about something that's recent and it's on our mind. We just put out a YouTube video about scouting Kansas, and I figured we could do a podcast episode about uh, our recent uh, scouting trip to Kansas and the velvet, all the velvet bucks that we saw. So we can walk through it kind of day by day, what we saw, what we learned, and kind of how we adjusted our hunting strategy based on what we found on this second trip. So we thought we were going to go scout public in Oklahoma, but the more time that Peyton and I spent on the phone, the more we were like, we should be going to Kansas. We should be checking out Kansas, not Oklahoma. We, we know a lot about Oklahoma and not a lot about Kansas. Why, why do you think we ended up picking, picking to go to Kansas instead of Oklahoma to scout? Um, I mean, I think the biggest factor was, Hey, this Kansas thing could be, you know, we might get in next year or it might be a, we might not get to do it for another five years. Um, so that was a big thing. We need to <clears throat> choose our time wisely. Um, also we've kind of, you know, we made, we made a ton of mistakes and I think a lot of leading mistakes were last year after Dave and I actually talked, you know, we all talked on the phone that maybe we put too much time in scouting and got our, you know, set too much time in each spot in Oklahoma and terrain that we've hunted, we've seen, and then we let the trail cams do too much work, too much talking and let it get us get in our heads. You know, the spot that I was hunting, we had what about 12 shooters, I didn't want to move <laughs> because I knew what deer were in there, but sit there for three weeks in the stand. It did not see a single one of them. So I think the trail cams actually hurt us. So we needed to go spend time in something that we don't know and maybe get a grasp on that. Yeah, I think that's true. And we sat and we talked about it for a while and we were like, okay, if we spend a week in each place, which place do we have a better odds of shooting like a monster Kansas or Oklahoma where we hunt and we were like really Kansas I think we have a lot better odds of shooting a bigger buck so why wouldn't 
why wouldn't we put our effort in a place that we haven't scouted that much and haven't got to spend much time? Because I don't know about you. You think you went water help fowl hunting there a couple of times, but I don't usually go to states that you have to draw out to hunt and scout. So I knew not, I didn't know crap about Kansas besides the the one time we went there. Yeah. All we know is it's better. It's better waterfowl. It's better, better deer. Why is Oklahoma hunting even a thing when they have Kansas around, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Dude, if Kansas had a city, like a couple more cities, like there'd be no reason to be anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. They, they have a great management plan too there though. That's why, I mean, you know, that goes a long way, but that's another rant for Oklahoma that, you know, I'm sure we'll have another podcast over at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So day one, uh, I, I ended up driving up on Thursday and we got out, we left Friday at like what, one, one or two, something like that. We left Friday at five after work. Yeah. Depends <laughs> yeah. We live about, about one. <laughs> yeah. About, about one ish. Yeah. Okay. So we went to Vanita, picked up Jake, and we're off to off to Kansas. First evening, I wanted to get up there early enough on Friday to check the cameras. We put out six cameras before um, on our first scouting trip. But dude, when we scouted it in the summer, it was just unbearably hot. It was like ninety something degrees. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was in the hundreds. It was <clears throat> when you get past like ten a.m. It was just you know. You, you start slowing down at that point. You're questioning, is this even worth it? Because I start cramping up. I mean, what, what time at like two to three in the afternoon? I was like, guys, I, I can't, I'm cramping. There's no way that I can walk anymore. Yeah. The summer's, the summer's brutal for scouting, but we, we went, I think it was late May or early June to put out those cameras. And I was pretty excited. One of the reasons I wanted to scout Kansas over Oklahoma was I was like, well, if we go to Oklahoma, we're not going to be checking cameras if we go to kansas we're going to be checking cameras and i like looking at pictures so we went up there that on that friday evening and we actually had enough time to check all of our cameras the first camera that we had positioned close to private on a creek uh dry creek was uh, it was okay i mean what do we get a couple a couple bucks on that one a lot of raccoons and coyotes yes oh yeah the first one yeah you so that was your first pinpoint yeah we, we had a few um, we knew it was kind of it's kind of risky because we're right there, you know, right across the fence from public and not too far off the trail. But it was the best looking spot. I think it was the best looking spot, but we knew. But yeah, there was there were deer in there. I mean, there were potential shooters. It was just, hey, you know, it's definitely worth a shot. I think you have to try that spot like one time at least just to see. You know, it might be one of those mornings where you get walked in on. You're like, okay, now I know. But, yeah. Well, it was sucks because when we checked our first camera, we had what I called Hoggy McCoggerson, the dude that was walking <laughs> around with his AR across the whole WMA. Middle of the summer, full camo, AR, dude's walking around trying to – he had to be a shooting a pig, right? I mean, what else would he have been trying to shoot? Man, I, I have no idea. Yeah, you have to be pretty dedicated to be walking in that heat for a pig in the middle of the day. I mean, that's just – I don't know. I just feel like – that's a lot of work for a pig. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to shoot a pig that bad. Yeah. Especially considering you can shoot them at night or <laughs> over a corn pile or something like that. But we checked the, there was, we put two cameras out on that spot and I bet the biggest buck in there was, there was like, it seemed like there was a 115 or a 110, something like that. A nice, just solid velvet 10 or I think it was a 10. Um, but you know, that those, I hate to say those are a dime a dozen because, you know, someone might be really happy with that buck, but for Kansas, the expectations are a lot higher. 
So we were like, pull those cameras and let's get rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, after seeing the other cameras, which I'm sure you'll get to, that buck didn't look too bad. Because we have to realize that, hey, these these bucks were late. What was it? Late May or early June, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, or we'll just say June. These bucks still could grow, you know, put on another 40, 50 inches. You never know. Yeah. So it's tough. It's it's tough to judge, especially that early. Because, I mean, what, 90% of the photos we had were, were June. June. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in June. Yeah. Well, when we got done with those first two cameras, we went and started to check our other ones, and it was started to literally piss poor rain. Like, it was coming <laughs> I down. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I had my computer freaking multiple thousand dollars worth of cameras, a computer, and I was like, all right, well, this sucks. So we had a decision to make either walk back to the truck, which was like probably 500 yards or take like a loop, which would have been eight or 900 yards. And I was like, well, we're already out here. Might as well. We're already soaked. We were soaked within 30 seconds. It wasn't like a, Oh, it's starting to sprinkle. It was like, Oh, this isn't good. It just, Mm -hmm. I mean, it got to us and just started pouring. Yeah. We checked your spot for people that watch our videos. Um, Carol's pin that we ended up setting a camera on. It's on the Onyx uh, one pin challenge video that we posted, but that that the camera actually did have some a few bucks on it, a few different. Yeah, bucks no, it's I will definitely give that camera a shot. It's just not or not camera that location a shot, but it's just not going to be my go to. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely worth it. I mean, we knew right, we knew like okay, bucks are going to move be moving in here. This is a really good spot, but we will be competing for this spot, and that's just not worth it in my opinion. So. No, I don't. I don't think so either. We we continued down um, the line of cameras that we had set, and Hoggy was on that camera too. And then we went to the next camera, like 150 yards down. He was on there again, and that camera really didn't have jack crap on it, did it? That fourth camera. No my my two my two cameras that I had. Um, you're you're talking about the other camera that we'd set up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was only like 60, 70 yards away, I think, uh, maybe, maybe like 100, actually. Uh, but it was on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it it didn't have anything, but, you know, like I said, I'm sure you'll get to it. But we're not far from Dave's, which, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so we moved. It's still it's still raining at this point. We're trying to use Jake's like SD reader for his phone because I'm like, I'm not pulling my laptop and laptop out in this. Like it is pouring. Trying and- to. Yeah. Yeah. And we get, we get down probably another 200 yards ish. And before we even get to the next camera, we jump up two belt two. I think there was three, but I got my binos up on the last velvet buck. I just, you know, when you're walking through the woods and you just hear something start to move and you're like, I know what that is. And then I look to my left and I just see velvet rack, you know, 17 inches wide velvet rack, 17 inches wide. I was like, the camera's like in the bag at this point. We're not checking it. So I throw up my binos, just see a freaking heavy eight sprinting away. And it was a really nice buck. Granted, it's in velvet, but we're we're here in the mid to late part of August at this point. And those bucks are pretty much done growing right now. And he looked, they both look good. Very good. Enough where I was like, okay, this is an area we need yeah. to target. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> and, and we will. Yeah. So we went down to Jake's camera and after those bucks were probably 60, 70 yards from Jake's camera and we checked it and it was the Holy grail of pictures. And 
it had pictures of bucks very early on in June when we set it and had them develop in the entire summer. Like, and you could tell which bucks were which from the early June to the end of the part of the July or August. And it was, it was great. What, what all did we have on that that excited you? Man, I, there were, there were so many, there wasn't any, you know, the, the wide one, um, <clears throat> was probably the coolest looking one. Cause you're like, Hey, th- this deer could, you know, it could be a 160 when it's done. It could be a 150. You, you never know. Um, but yeah, the wide one was definitely by far, I think the, the coolest one that we had found. Um, but the other ones were still, were still good ones. You know, they were a hundred, 105, 110 inches two months ago that just looked like, oh my gosh, you know, Hey, that, <laughs> that G2 is already eight inches and it looks like it's still as round as a baseball. So it might even grow another, you know, five to six inches. You just never know. Well, we did get some pictures and like, dude, I'm, now that I think about it, I think most of the pictures we got were in June of those bucks. And there was some that there was one that looked to be like a 125, 130. He was that big eight, that wide one, or not the wide one, the other one that uh, he had the, the curved eye uh, guards. Mm-hmm. And that buck was freaking he was right. He walked in and got a, like a behind shot from him during the daylight. That was a freaking cool deer. And the thing is, is I don't know. Like we talked to Heath Sanders the other day on the podcast and he said that he passed 155 inch buck in uh, Missouri because he thought it was like a one twenties. And the guy was like, he showed the guy, uh, the landowner a video and he was like, why'd you pass that buck? He said, it's like a one twenties. He goes, dude, that deer weighs 300 pounds. That's not a one twenty. He's like, that's mm-hmm. a mid one fifties. And he was like, are you serious? And the guy said, <laughs> yeah. So I really don't know how to think about these Midwestern deer. Like, are we just saying they're small because we're just looking at the racks or are we, are they actually a lot bigger? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you never know. I mean, it's pretty deceiving to look at deer from obviously behind too, but you just, you just never know. I mean, you have to decide on that day at that time of when I hunt, I say, you know, I, I developed a skill. I would say it's a skill, but as soon as I see a deer, it's a, it's yes or no. If I think about it, I'm not shooting it. If I have to think about it, it's a, yep, that's a shooter, you know, grab your stuff, but yeah, that's something that you'll have to decide then. But yeah, those deer have so much potential. Um, you just never know how big they're going to get. I mean, you can't, you can't judge it. There's just no judging until, until Tell on hoof. yeah, <laughs> until the judgment day for that deer. Can you see this, these pictures on my screen? No, I can't. Oh, what the heck? Oh, sorry um what about what about now oh yeah yeah can you see that yeah what about this yeah that that, that's the deer that i was talking about dude look at those are baseball knobs man more like golf balls but still that deer those twos could those twos could go another 10 inches you don't know they could go another two inches they could go another 10 inches yeah there was some there was some really cool bucks on this camera this is the one i'm talking about from behind like this is a hundred and this is probably close to 125, 100, I'd say upper 128 as he currently sits. And this was on July 1st. Yeah. He's How much bigger? Mass too. How much bigger did this deer get? You know, you really don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you really, you really never know. Like you said, Hey, you know, somebody might say, Oh, that's only a hundred inch deer. Well, he might be on a 250 pound body right now. Yeah. No. This, so this, um, this wide eight that I got yeah, pulled this up is, here. This is my, this is the one that, if I were to shoot any of the deer in there, potentially this is, this would be the one. This buck is 
man, he's probably he's over twenty inches wide. I don't know how wide he is exactly, but on July fifth, all of his points are still super like rounded. You see how rounded they are on the tips and stuff. Yeah. And this deer could be so much bigger. I just have absolutely he could no be idea. He, he he could turn he could be a hundred fifty inch a point when he's done. Look at this buck on July thirteenth. That's the that's the one from the picture from behind. If you viewed like a week or on July first, and look how much bigger he's just gotten that two week period. And and one thing you know for the listeners, as far as what we're talking about body weight, we we realize in the first what ten minutes of the trip of hey, these doe that we're seeing on the side of the road while driving in are bigger than a big buck's body that we would see around where we are. I mean, they, they have, the, the average doe there was bigger than a big-bodied buck where we hunt. When it they were big enough to where when we were driving by and we saw a deer in the field, I'm pulling up my binos. I'm like, that's a big-bodied deer. Like, that's a buck. Throw my throw my binos up. I'm like, Oh, it's just a doe, like yeah, 150 a pound doe. doe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fawns looked like a normal doe where we hunt. Like they were, they were big. Yeah. They're and, eating, they're eating good, good. Well, how many deer do we see in a freaking soybean field? Like most of them, they're all yeah. out in soybean fields, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They're getting that. They're eating real, real good. I mean, we don't have anything, you know, like that anywhere where we hunt other than our potential lease that we have yeah. this year. It's... Yeah. So we, um, we hustled and after we, we checked that one, that uh, really good camera that produced most of our pictures for the trip, we were pretty, we were pretty pumped up. So we're like, you know what, let's go check out one more camera. The last one that we set, it's about a mile off the road. Let's just run in there and check it real quick. So we all, we're all hype and we're jumping around, you know, the, the rain is kind of lightened up a little bit and we get in there and check that camera. And as soon as I open the flap, you know how you do the little, little finger feel on the bottom of the camera you're like where is it you know for the sd i put it on there and i'm like it's not there (laughs) and i told him we always we always joke around so i'm like it's not here and everyone's like you serious i'm like dude it's not here and then i look look on the ground it's not there it got yoinked we got oh yeah 100 percent got stolen so it it sucks because there are $40 cameras and if someone's going to steal the memory card, just go ahead and steal the camera. Just save me the, now I got to sit here and wonder what was on it. You yeah. know, just, just take the whole camera. It, that was frustrating. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do about it at this point. I mean, we, we, we talked about going in like, Hey, this, this is probably going to happen, you know, cause this is, this is only a few thousand acres compared to, you know, Oklahoma land sometimes that we hunt you know it can be just a few thousand acres sometimes it could be you know five digit acres or yeah. six not six but five there's some hundred thousand acre pieces <laughs> yeah yeah so we got yoinked we we if you guys want to see more about kind of the pictures that we're talking about on the podcast and also our reaction to getting yoinked that's on the YouTube channel so we just released a video about that um but Man, then we moved over to a town about 20 minutes away from where we were. Got us a nice hotel room. Really nice, right? <laughs> that was a great hotel room. It was like Motel 6. It was, yeah, it was a hotel because the doors were inside technically. So it was it was oh, it was real nice. Yeah, we we knew though. I, I knew when they told us the price. I was like, "Okay, well, you all we're going to have a bed maybe." Um and, and that's it. So 
Yeah, it's one of the ones that like there's calcium on the on the shower head, and you're like, have those ever been cleaned? Like yeah. those sort of things. Go to turn I, on the TV, and the TV falls off the wall, <laughs> and go to use. I go to blow dryer jeans because we because there were washer and dryer were three dollars and quarters and then the blow dryer doesn't work and then of course yeah it was very mad but hey it it was livable it's yeah. better than sleeping in the truck <laughs> yes it was hey the ac worked and we had uh covers so that's true um when we were there jake tried to put something in the uh, aluminum foil in the microwave and caught it on fire in about two seconds that was pretty nice and he broke the ac i hope he listens to this so he can hear he, you broke the AC too. I hope you didn't get any charges for all that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to get declined anyway, so it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can try to charge my card all they want. They're going to be very disappointed. Well, what sucked is, um, like I like I said, how it started raining the entire time. We didn't really care. Um, I was because I was like, dude, we're going to go. I'm going to dry these boots out. I'm going to dry these clothes out, and it's going to be no problem. I'm just going to put them back on in the morning. Well, like Carol said, it was three dollars to 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 dry your jeans, and we're like in quarters, and you're like, quarters. yeah, who has this many quarters laying around? So we didn't get that. Boots didn't stay. Boots didn't get dry, even though I hung them over the air conditioner for a while. And so the next morning, I put on jeans that we we tried to iron them in the hotel room to like to make them drier, and then we also drove down the highway with the jeans hanging out, trying to trying to get them to dry that way and we actually put our boots on the back of the tailgate in between the cooler and the tailgate and propped them up where they would like catch air driving down the highway we did all these things and the second that we got out there to scout on saturday morning i slipped my foot into the boot and it was like yeah just still slosh i mean it was like dude how it's gonna be a long day yeah how Mm. Man, I don't know about you, but when I got home, I got ate up by it was either chiggers or something. It's been miserable. I'm still recovering. So I've been miserable. I took my uh, took my shirt off, and Lauren was like, "God, He's like you look like you got shot by a shotgun." I'm like, "Huh?" On my back, down on my yep. my right butt cheek, I am ate up. Yeah, like, man, something got me on on the front of my stomach, the side of my stomach, and I mean, just something got in there and had a heyday. We gave him enough blood to survive the winter. I guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we scouted the whole next day, spent a lot of time in that area where our SD got stolen because once we went back in to scout uh, the place where our SD got stolen, we found a tree stand like 30 yards from where our yeah, camel was. How, how did we not see that? I, I don't know how we didn't see that. I mean, it was, we were there for, I don't know how long. Yeah. But. So went out there and did not see, um, we, we found that tree stand. And we're like, Hey, I wonder who stole our SD card. You know, it's probably some, some local or some guy that has been hunting there a long time. And he's like, I see a camera. How about no. And it ma- made me curious. It, it had to be a local because I don't think anybody like just a normal public land hunter would go. I don't think they would go that far into scout. Honestly, I, I, I really don't think just any normal person would walk that far back there just to take a look around. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Unless they're non-resident junkies like us, maybe they are. But the thing is, if someone to, to me, if someone's a bow hunter and someone's committed to scouting that early and that often, it's like they're probably fairly respectable. People, yeah, exactly. You 
Yeah, you, you have to be a pretty honorable person anyways. If you're walking that far back there putting that much work in, you're probably a decent, you know. <laughs> yeah, decent human. But like you said, it had to be a local. It had to be the guy's stand that we found. I mean, really, it, it, it had to be. Those cameras are not easy to see. I mean, we'll be looking for them. We'll know it in the area, and we're like, we can't find our camera. Yeah, that's true. So before we walked into this spot on, on Saturday morning, we were driving and right across from the public in a soybean field, um, we looked out to the left and there was a big old group of deer, like 10 to 15 deer. And similar to the last situation, like I was telling you guys, I got, I had my binos this time, like, and I threw them up and similar to exactly what happened the day before, literally about four miles away, I saw a freaking beast. I mean, 18, 19 inches wide, just heavy, big G2s that swooped back in. And I was like, that's a really good buck. And Jake was like, you should have saw the one before him. He's like, he was even bigger. So that was only like 400 yards from public. And there was like several really good bucks in that bachelor group. Got me pumped. Yep. Yeah, they're, they'll move in. They'll move in and out. So we ended up hanging um, quite a few cameras in that area. We found, a, I think, I would say two solid spots in there. Um, the spot that we hung a couple of Carol's cameras was across one field in probably 350 yards from that uh, original camera that we found, or sorry, the stand that we found. And it looked like a really good spot too, isolated bedding around water. And I've got high hopes. We've got five cameras in that area, and I, I do not see a reason why one of us couldn't see a deer in there. A good Man, one. that is literally the furthest back you can possibly be on public. So I'm just hoping, like, hey, hoping we have deer on camera. I'm hoping other people stay out. I'm just till somebody I'm comes really... paddling in with a canoe off private. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Listen, you're in my stand. <laughs> if you're paddling a canoe that you put in on private, just hunt the private, please. Yeah, exactly. Please just hunt the private. Yep. Well, we ended yeah, that up might, with, that spot might be a two person spot. I mean, it really it, why not? It really might. Why wouldn't it be? It You're really not going to see the same just, deer. Yeah, it really might. Just like, hey, you know, you sit on this side of the bedding, you 100, 100, 150 yards. I'll sit on this side. They're coming out. <laughs> they're coming out. So, you know, one, they're going to either come your way or they're going to come my way because I guarantee you, they're not going to go right out in the middle of that field. So. Yeah, well, what's cool about this area is it has timber, it has bedding, and it has food, and it has water all in one spot. Like, if there was an X marks the spot, like we've talked about on the podcast before, this is the spot. And if you told me, hey, I can guarantee you no one else will come into this spot and hunt, what are your odds of killing a deer if no one walks in on you and hunts? I'd say 100%, 100% of getting a shot. Yeah, 100% of getting a shot. Yeah. I, so, I would say so. I mean, if you put the, enough time into it, like you said, if you put it over a weekend, you're, you're getting a shot out of deer in there. Yeah. But I feel really good about that spot. Um, and we went back to the place where Jake had got a bunch of pictures on his camera rescouted. And this is one of the things, one of the issues that we found with hunting Kansas in at least the area that we're in was, and it's not unique to Kansas, but it's, it's happened to us in a lot of places is, a lot of the stuff looks the same and everything looks when you're in Kansas and when you're in ag country with like river bottoms and timber and stuff, it's hard to be decisive 
because everywhere is like, well, they could be here. And then you walk another hundred yards, like it could be here. And you walk mm-hmm. another hundred yards, like this could be good, you know? And it's, it's hard, um, to pick out a spot in there. And I think that's what we were doing when we went to Jake's spot is we were kind of going on like a, like a goose chase, just looking for like the X and the X might not exist in that spot. It might not, you might just have to hunt and find out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough because in Kansas it's so different too, because you're like, okay, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at a thousand acres, but there's only 80 huntable acres here, you know, where you can put a stand where it's going to be. Cause you know, the deer, if there are deer in here, they are on one of these, you know, one of these draws, there's only four here <laughs> They're yeah. on one of them if they're here. So it's just, yeah, you got to pick the right one. And that, that is my biggest fear though, in Kansas, I, I think uh, I got a little discouraged and I think it's letting me eat. It's eating me up too much, but I really think that we're going to be competing with a lot of people. Uh, I hope we're not, but I really think it's going to be, uh, I think I'm surrounded. There's people all around me, 300 yards, you know, yeah. hopefully the deer walks past me. I think one of the ways to overcome that is to have a lot of different spots because in my mind, we're planning on going and hunting there during the week. Okay. But we're going there and hunting during a week where other people that are diehard bow hunters might be hunting during that week. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But everyone can't be everywhere at once. Right. Like what gives me hope about Kansas is there's a limited amount of tags in, in the units. So the, the pressure has to be somewhat similar, at least from non-resident, a non-resident perspective from year to year. But what worries me more is the, um, the residents that have always hunted here. And this is kind of their spot, you know, and they come intrude on you. But what we did at the end of the trip was we started to kind of scout, e-scout some Weehaw areas and look for alternate places if plan a b and c doesn't work and what what's interesting is like well it's, it's a good and a bad thing having three people you need three spots at a time but having three people you can also check out three spots at a time so it's easier to figure things out too if things aren't going good and we all go into a weehaw and it sucks we're like okay well we hunted every huntable piece of it let's move on to the next one you know so yeah. i think it's good and bad but i do worry about that too the pressure yeah, I'm super, I'm super nervous. Cause I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, less than we're talking less than 10,000 acres here. So it's, uh, and like we said, I mean, out of every thousand acres, I bet only a hundred of it's huntable. So. Yeah. And I think, I think from the research that I've done and the, the videos that I've watched about Kansas and the podcast I've listened, like we might have to get creative. Like you might have to take your lawn, your little pop-up chair and walk on downwind side of a bedding area and be like, let's see what happens, you know, and just try it that way. That's kind of the, it's the scary part. Cause you want the certainty of being able to be like, I've scouted, I found the deer. I know I'm going to kill one, but mm-hmm. then the uncertainty of like, maybe I'll just have to get it done. That's kind of exciting to me. Like it's not exciting in the moment, but later on, if you could pull that off, you'd be like, let's go. I'm a beast. <laughs> Or even driving around, see one, and you're like belly crawling time. <laughs> Remember that 10 pounds I talked about? I'm about to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll have a good sense of, you know, we'll, we'll have a good sense first morning when we get there. How many people are on, pulled on the side of the road? You know, where could they be? We go in there. I think it's super, super important that we get up extremely early and we are those people in there first at Kansas at least. 
like be shimmied up. And if you see a light, just start whistling, like let them know, flash your light. Like, Hey, please stay away from me. You know, please stay. We talk about that. We talked about that too. Like if you're the one that's walking in, you know, on time or maybe a little bit late and you see a light or you see a truck in the place that you were going to park, that encourages me to go somewhere else. And yep. I would like to think that if there's a limited resource of timber and there's a, only one bedding area, that people would be courteous enough to say, okay, this person beat me. I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe they won't, but I, at least at least showing up early, you can say, I gave myself the best chance. Yeah. Because if not, uh, I, I haven't really been, I haven't really walked up on many people, but I have personally been walked up on many of times and it is not fun. Yeah, I cannot stand because you just crap. you just know you're just like my. It's not always you know my hunt's over, but you're like my odds just went down tremendously because these people probably aren't going to respect it. Probably just walk another hundred yards, just say, "Oh well, you know, I'll try this." Shimmy up a tree. They're going to be loud. They don't care because they think their hunt's probably over because that's where they wanted to go. So they're going to be reckless. Um, but yeah. We'll just have to see. Like I said, we'll we'll have a very good uh we'll have a very good understanding the very first morning of how many people are actually out and about. And we'll have to make a judgment call. Yeah. Well, we had a or when I was hunting in Oklahoma on public one time, I was sitting up in the tree and I heard and I was like, Oh, here we go. I, I grabbed my bow, looked up to my right, two old men coming down the trail. I'm like, All right, no biggie. You know, I'll just whistle at them. They got within like twenty yards of my tree and I was like, Hey and they're like, Oh, hey. And they were like, we won't mess you up. We're just going right down here. And I was like, dude, that's where already messing me up. I'm like, that's where all the deer come from. And like 10 minutes later, I hear him walking. I just hear. <sighs> and like, and then they came out. And I was like, did you see any like at dark? And they go, yeah, we four does on the way in. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. It's almost yeah. like I knew where they were betting. Yeah. And they, they were like, they walked five yards from my stand and then proceeded to walk to, through everything I was going to hunt to get to their spot. Don't be that. If, you, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, please, God, if you walk up on somebody and you think you wanted to go past them, don't walk past them. Go somewhere Yeah, else. go back the same route and just your hunt's probably, you know, I'm not saying your hunt's done for. Go back where you just came from. Go back that route. You've already sent it up. Follow your same route. And just go at least 150 yards away, and who cares? Just shimmy up a tree. And hunt you, there. you would want someone to do that to you if you were walking. If I walk in and I see a flashlight, I'm going the other way. I'm yeah. not going to be like, oh, I got to go get in their tree right next to them. Yeah, I'm Let's going see. right back the same way that I came in. And I'm going to just wave my hand and say, hey, you know, sorry. Didn't know you were here. Flash my flashlight back at them. Acknowledge that they know that I saw them. And I'm going to go back the same way I came in. And I'm probably not going to not hunt, but I'm probably, I don't care if I'm 30 yards off the road. I'm going to shimmy up a tree and at least give the morning a shot. Absolutely. So I think I was talking with Jake Ayers on the phone um, on the way home on Sunday. After we got done scouting Kansas, I went and threw out a couple cameras on a lease in southwest Oklahoma. And then I tried to go to me and Peyton's lease. And I got three miles down the road, legit in four-wheel drive high the entire time. I was like sliding out one way, sliding out the other way. And our lease drops down into like a river bottom which has like a big hole on one side of the road. And I was like, no, I've been sliding <laughs> into the ditch. And I was like, I am not trying this. Cause it was raining. Um, Oh God, it was raining so much in Southwest Oklahoma. So I drove all the way across the state from Tulsa over there 
to be able to set out a camera and only got to set out one or two on the, a different lease, but that's fine. What I was saying was, um, I talked to Jake Harris on the way home and he asked me, I think a good question, which was like, okay, in a five day hunt, what do you think your odds are based on what you've seen in scouting Kansas? And I said, if someone was really committed in five days and they did those 10 sits or maybe an all day sit or something, I would say based on what we know in the areas that we found with no human pressure, you'd have about a 75% chance of like having Shoot. a shot opportunity. Yeah. As long as people stay out, as long as people stay out. Cause what I'm worried is we're going, you know, two weeks after season opens, I'm really worried about, you know, the spots that we found getting super pressured, but yeah. I mean, there's just nothing you can do. No, no, you just there can't isn't. keep people out. So it's public land. Nope. That's one of the beautiful things about Kansas is the deer are huge. And one of the not beautiful things about Kansas is it's no secret where they are. Yeah. It really isn't like, yeah. Oh, especially with the rifle, man. It's like you could set out on, you know, on the edge of the field and you're like, well, I'm going to see a giant out here. If they're here, this is where they're going to be because it's going to go tree line filled tree line filled just it's yep. simple. It's it's super simple. I can see why, you know, many giants are killed there. It seems super simple, but at the same time, you got to have the deer first. You got to manage. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy because then I will eat some humble pie from God Himself. But I am excited for the change of pace that Kansas is going to offer and the visibility, the ability to see out in fields. You know, even if you're not directly in the chips, being able to adjust or see where they are coming out at and Based on our scouting, I think we did the right things to to put ourselves in the mix, and that's really all you can do. That's all you can do is you know put yourself in the mix and go go wait. We're going up to Kansas in less than a month on September twenty second or sorry twenty third through the twenty fifth. That's the second weekend opener in Kansas or second weekend after opener, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. I think we did everything that we could do to you know besides spending another weekend up there which i don't think we're going to learn anything else yeah at that point what i was telling you guys was hey you know we we've done we've done our homework i don't think we're not going to go somewhere that's not you know similar to this we might think the same things we can market on on x but it's just it's time to hunt i mean it's not going to be hunt, benefi- baby. yeah it's it's not going to be any more beneficial i don't think we're going to increase our chances by being out here anymore uh, no, it's time to hunt. We will learn our best scouting will be the very first morning, the very first day when we get there. That'll be our best scouting. Yeah, I'm excited um, because we sit here for like nine months out of the year right after hunting season, January through September and just BS about hunting topics and hypotheticals. And this is the time of the year where now we get back on the podcast. It's like, well, I missed a big one. And let me tell you, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> It's exciting though. I'm excited. It's going to be a really good season. We've got Oklahoma on the, on the docket. We've got Kansas. And if we can all by some miracle of God tag out in Kansas, there might be some other Midwestern state on the agenda. It's going to be a good year. It is Pedro's really pushing for Missouri. And I was like, you know, Pedro, we might be able to make that happen. We might. You better live in Northwest Missouri. But here's the thing. I've already got $2,000 in mounts I'm going to have to pay for because I know I'm killing three giants this year. <laughs> I hope so. Even though that's what I want to say, I, I, I feel like I'll get some 
God will spite me down if I say that. So I'm just going to say I hope I can kill three giants. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have confidence. We, we've done enough. I, I'm going in confident. Hey, we're shooting, you know, whether it be the least public on Oklahoma or in Kansas. I'm Arrows are being slung. So That's something. Maybe a raccoon in one of our feeders, but it's going to happen. Um, so we put out a couple videos on YouTube about these, these Kansas um, scouting trips that we're talking about. One's the Onyx One Pen Challenge, and then – one is scouting for Velvet Bucks in Kansas. Um, just put that uh, out two days ago, three days ago, maybe. Um, but anyways, go check those out on YouTube. If you guys want a hat or one of those beautiful shirts that Carol's wearing, um, go to huntersadvantagemerch.com. And like I always ask you guys and beg and plead, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us grow the show, reach a, a wider audience, and then share our message with more hunters. So, Thank you guys for checking out the podcast and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you in the next episode.